Wait, we're live already? Well, it can't be that quick. This is awesome. Yes. Welcome to Jack Kelly LinkedIn Live. Good afternoon. Good morning. I don't know. What time is it? 11? So that's kind of morning still, depending on where you are. Hey, I have some good news to talk about. Going into the weekend, you know, there's enough negativity out there. There's enough, you know, anger, angst, agita, hostility. It's not me. I'm looking for the bright side of things. And today I have two different, two different things to talk about. Now, Christine, what should, what should I talk about first? What, what do you think? Let's talk about the New York pay transparency law. Okay. So here in New York City, there's a new law that was passed and it doesn't go into effect till April. It's a salary transparency act. And what it is, you know, anybody who's been looking for a job and the folks here on LinkedIn, I'm sure you're very familiar with this. You go and you want to interview, you see this job that you like and what's missing? The compensation. So that, you know, you look at it and you're like, hey, I like the company. It's a great company. The job is perfect. I have the background, but then how much are you going to pay me? So you send your resume anyway, hope for the best. Maybe have a first interview with an HR person. Perhaps it's a phone interview or a quick Zoom call. And you kind of bring up, hey, can you tell me how much this, how much is it paying? What's going on? And then usually they'll say, well, we'll circle back to you on that. And then you're like, wait, what do you circle back to me to that? Well, maybe we'll take it offline later. What do you mean take it offline later? What's, how much are you paying? Well, how much are you looking for, Jack? Well, can you tell me how much it is? And then I can tell you, because I don't know anything except the job description. So how am I supposed to tell? Well, what would you want? And you go through that song and dance and it's ridiculous. So then you say, okay, I really want the job. I really like the company. So I, I, I'm going to go through with it. Now, anybody who's been interviewed lately, you know, it's not just one interview. It's, it's three, four, five, six, ten. 10, no exaggeration. And then you don't hear in between interviews. You don't hear, hey, Jack, good job. Here's some positive feedback or here's some constructive advice. Nope, you don't get that. You just, a lot of times you get ghosted or you don't get any feedback. They set you up for a call or a meeting and then it's canceled. And so you go through this whole process that could go three, six months. And at the end, they're saying, Jack, we're excited to give you an offer. We're really happy. We want you to come aboard and we're going to give you $100,000. And then let's, I'm the candidate and I'm like, wait, I'm, I'm making twice that. What, what, wait, what's going on here? And then you realize, oh my goodness, I just spent three months, four months interviewing with all these people and the comp, even though it said it was like a senior vice president, they said, you know what, 20 years of experience, all this. They're paying it maybe at an AVP level. So you wasted all that time, all that energy. You had all the nerves for each time you're going for an interview for nothing, for nothing. So this new, to circle back to the new law. So the new law basically says you have to have the salary range on the job description. So now, number one, that's pretty good because then you know with this, you know, this example I gave, is that, okay, if I go in and I, they say the salary is from 100 to 150, okay, 
I, I kind of get what it is and I'll know whether to apply or not. So far, so good, right? I think what the challenge is, so, so number one, let's just take a positive of it. So I think by knowing the salaries, let's, let's, I wanna give credit where credit is due. When you know the salary, then, then you know what? It makes it much easier because then you can make an intelligent decision. You could say, okay, you know, it's 100 to 150. And this is what's gonna happen, by the way. You're gonna find these big, wide ranges. Trust me on this. And when, when you see, you could go, damn it, that's what Jack was saying. Because they really rather not give the salaries. They would, they rather play a game. So what's gonna happen, you'll probably get these big variances. You have like 80,000 to 250,000. And then they could say, well, that's the, I'm adhering to the law. Well, kind of, but you're playing a game here. So, so be prepared, you're probably gonna get that. But even if you get that, at least you know. At least you know, okay, the bottom is 90, the top is 200 and a quarter. All right, maybe I want the 200 and a quarter, maybe I want whatever, but you're going in with your eyes open. Because up until now, it's, you don't know. You're completely in the dark. And now that we're talking about, we think about it, we're talking about salary disclosure on ads. Why was this never a thing before? How silly is that? How ridiculous is that? Now, what I want you to be prepared though is this, even though it's great because now it levels the playing field, you know how much they're paying, you can make an intelligent decision whether to go and move on. There's a couple of quirks involved. One is this, if you have a big range, you're not sure where you're gonna fit in. So once again, you're going through it. So I would suggest you speak to the, the HR person, the interviewer, the hiring manager, and try to quantify it a little bit more. You know, I know the range is from 90 to 150. Can, could we get a little bit more clarity? You know, is it more for the 150, more for the 90? So this way you don't waste your time. Also, I don't know if the new law talks about bonuses, stock, stock options, benefits, and other remuneration. So you wanna also check on that too, because sometimes companies could play games. They could give you, you know, the salary might be better than you anticipated, but then you realize the bonus is like nothing or very lackluster. Maybe the benefits are horrible. Maybe your out-of-pocket expenses are ridiculous. So you wanna kind of check all in. Here's another thing you have to be aware of. When somebody, I know this from doing this 25 years of recruiting, it's if you get a range, most people anchor to the high number because they feel, oh, I deserve it. If it's going to 200, I deserve the 200. Now, Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I'm not, you know, you don't know. But it could be a challenge for the company and for the, for the job seeker, because if you anchor to that higher number and you really don't have the experience, then you're gonna kind of complain to the company, maybe even complain to, to, to regulatory agencies, because this is a law now. They say, wait a minute, they gave this range, but they're not giving me what I want. So, so, so we're gonna see some unintended consequences of this. Another unintended consequence is this. There's something, have you ever heard of this? The, the, the loyalty discount, the loyalty discount. That's kind of a term recruiters use, uh, or this recruiter uses, is that, that if you're with a company, let's say you're with a large company and you've been there for 20 years, when you're getting your increases, you're getting maybe a one, 2% increase. But then if you have a job hopper who every two years is moving, moving, moving and getting a 10, 15, 20% each jump, you may have someone who is much younger, much less experienced, making more than somebody at the company. 
Now, when they put out the job description, the job description is going to say, hey, here's the range. And that long-term employee is going to have a heart attack. They're going to be like, what? That's what you're paying? I'm making half of that. And I've been doing this for 20 years. What's up? So I think another unintended consequence is that slowly but surely, and I don't know if the law meant to do this or, or this is just an outgrowth, that you're gonna start thinking, we gotta, let, let's figure out how much we were all paid around here because this doesn't seem fair. So, so I think in a backhanded move, by having the salaries on the job descriptions, it's then gonna make people realize how much they're paying for a job at the company and, real, and, and think, I, I'm not getting paid that well. And speak to their manager and boss and say, wait, this is not fair, which could kind of then create another issue. Is it because uh, you're a woman? Is it because you're a person of color? Is it because what, fill in the blank? So even though I started out saying it's a very positive, and I think it still is positive, because I think even with these other issues, we're net ahead because we've opened the conversation to disclosure, to transparency. And whenever you have transparency, even if it's gonna be uncomfortable, at least we know, and then you can operate from there. Because maybe best case, <clears throat> best case situation is that when people see those numbers on the job descriptions, they go to their boss and say, hey, let's, let's make changes. And in an era where we have a great resignation and we have a war for talent, companies might have to come back and say, you know what, you're right. We have to adjust it and we have to bring it higher to be commensurate with this new, you know, this new area we're in. Particularly right now with inflation. I think today they were saying what? Mike, Christine, did you see it was like 7%, 7.5%, something like that? Yeah, so that's crazy. Like that. Mm -hmm. So that so so you gotta bake that into the cake too and say, wait, thank you for the raise, but you gave me a two percent raise and inflation is seven point five percent. Now I'm not a mathematician but I think 2% is way less than 7%. So I'm not, I didn't get a raise. I'm, I'm, I'm actually basically earning less. So that's another, so that's another thing you want to, when you're going, when you're speaking to your boss, that's another thing you want to keep in, in mind. Now, will inflation keep going? I don't know. I'm not smart enough to figure that out, but you got to figure out, hey, if that's there, it's something you probably want to talk about. Chris, Mike, any, any other things that I didn't mention that? What do, you, what do you think? Is that is that good so far? Yeah, I was going to ask if you think that the pay transparency law will lend to the great resignation or alleviate it. A great question. You know, I think both, because I could foresee this. Let's say you have Widget Company International, and then all of a sudden, they, you know, everyone's snoopy. You know how, like, we all look at, you know, realtor.com to look at our neighbors when they're selling the house and how much, what it looks like and how much they're selling it. I, people look at jobs. Sometimes they're not looking. They want to see like how much does it pay? They, they, they want to know. So if you start seeing and people, you know, now that they know they have to disclose it, you're going to check it out. If nothing else, just like, you know, financial porn, you want to see what people are earning. And if you realize that you're in a place because you're not only looking at where you work, you're going to look at the salaries of your competitors so that if you see your competitor is paying way more, you're gonna say, hey, what, <laughs> what am I out of my mind? Why am I staying where I am? I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go to my competitor. One, two, three widget company. Like, why am I gonna stay here? Or as I mentioned earlier, if let's say 
your internal and you see they're paying more for new people coming in than the, than the people who've been there, loyal people for 20 years, you're gonna say, hell with this, I'm gonna look for something different. So yeah, Chris, I think that's, I think you're gonna see a lot of that. Or I bet you, you will have some small group that actually is paid more and they'll be like, oh, all right, I'm just gonna keep quiet, keep on the radar. I'm seeing what they're paying these new people, I'm getting much more. Yeah. So I'm just gonna keep my head down. I don't want to get any attention. I'm just going to cash my check and be happy. But I, I think, wow, it could. How and how wild is that? With my Chrissy, like you have what for the where I start out the conversation. As I'm talking, I'm thinking it through. Something that seems so good, but now when you start unraveling it, there's a lot of issues involved. There's a lot of stuff that you could, that that could kind of play out that I don't think the people who came up with this law were accounting on. Yes, I, I agree. I, I think it's definitely going to lend to the great resignation. Um, clearly, people at the current firm where they're looking at their similar jobs and realizing the loyalty discount people, they're going to say, wait a minute, I do the same work or even more. And now you're going to hire someone with less experience and pay more. That's going to create all kinds of problems. Right. And then, Jack, you brought up the, uh, the last point. They'll also look at other firms' job postings and realize for the same job, they're going to pay more there. Perhaps they may say they'll pay less and that'll cause some retention. But all in all, it's going to be a lot of grumblings. You know, uh, if we ever get back to the office, water cooler talk. Yeah. And, um, HR, I'm sure, is not happy about this. You know, now that like, yeah, they have a lot of work to do because why wouldn't somebody take a screenshot of a LinkedIn posting and Indeed.com posting where it's saying, hey, here's what they're paying for the same exact role you're doing. Take a screenshot and say, hey. I'm not making this up. Look, this is what they're paying. And you're paying me, you know, half of that. What's up? So it's, it's going to be interesting. It's definitely going to be interesting. And I wonder if the pay transparency law will make it hard to initially find candidates and for companies to like build their, their pipeline, because a lot of times people will apply, they'll go through the process, not knowing the comp, then they'll get to the offer stage and it's either less than what they're what they want or as a recruiting firm sometimes we uh will negotiate for pay that's higher than what it is but if the pay transparency is listed and it's out there uh, a candidate might not apply for that job because it's like well no I'm, i want more than that but then they can lose out on a great candidate just because of the pay transparency it's well, like yeah, it's interesting. So you're saying so someone might look at it and say, hey, I want more, but they say they gave the upper limit. So I'm not going to apply. Is that? Yeah, mm -hmm. because how many times have we, you know, gotten to the offer stage and then a company like lowballs the offer and then you negotiate for higher and it's sometimes it's initially what more than what they wanted to pay and they're like a little uncomfortable paying it, but they they pay because they see the quality of the candidate but now the candidates might be turned off automatically seeing it. So they won't build their pipeline and they'll have less candidates applying for the job. Christine, do you think it's a difference between men and women? Because they say that women won't, will get paid less because they don't negotiate as much. Do you mm -hmm. think women more than men might say, okay, they give the parameters. Uh, I, I want more, so I'm just gonna walk away where a guy might be like, no, nah, I'm gonna try it anyway. I'm gonna push it, see if I can, <laughs> see if I can get more money. What, what do you think? I definitely think so. And when I was saying it, I thought of that because we've spoken about that in the past where like we you just wanted to be polite, right? As like black and white. But then I wonder if it's it is listed, if it's like a if if that's like a hard stop, like they won't go more than that amount. 
um, because then it will you waste people's time like going through the process and then the whole time you wanted more than the um, the compensation that was initially disclosed. Yeah. No, you see, I'm sorry. You see, that's interesting. I don't think that. I haven't found that in candidates that I've negotiated for. I think I found women to be as much, you know, as hard negotiators, sometimes harder negotiators than men. Maybe that's just in compliance or the types of roles, but um, I, you know, across the board, I say they are equally as tough negotiators and want what they want for salary. Just what I've seen. So why do you think that you have the disconnect where, you know, they'll hear, they'll say, hey, they don't negotiate, but you see firsthand they do. Do you have any thoughts on that? I really don't, um, you know, maybe because just within compliance, you know, a lot of these people are, are very bright, smart, you know, depending upon what areas in compliance they mm -hmm. do. So I think they've, they've, you know, gone to good schools. They've sort of made their way up against being a woman from early on anyway, so that they've learned to play the business game fast and furiously, you know, yet still professionally, but as much as the men do, at least that's my own personal experience. You know, I, I can understand that because I've seen personally as well is that because they feel, hey, I'm going to get lowballed. So they go in, no fear, like, okay, you're offering me 100 BS, I'm going for 150. Because they feel if I, I don't, I'm selling myself short. And then everyone's going to say, hey, did you, did you negotiate? And you don't want to be the one, well, no. Well, you have to, they're going to give you less. So I think it almost inspires them to, to, to yeah. what I've noticed, to kind of do it. Because they feel, all right, if I'm going to get, I know I'm going into this and I feel I'm going to get cheated. So whatever number they say, I'm going to just, I'm going to believe that it's going to be a low number and I'm going to, I'm going to go for more. Yeah. You have to advocate for yourself as a woman because no one else will do it for you. And negotiation, it make it's, it's awkward. It's awkward to ask, but it's one of those things you have to do. You have to try. And let me give you a little kind of inside baseball tip. Whenever, if let's say you want a hundred thousand as a salary, you don't ask for a hundred thousand. You ask for like 120,000. Because if you say 100 in their mind, the hire manager, the HR person, the talent acquisition, you say 100, they're thinking, oh, you really don't want 100. You're throwing it out. You'll probably take 80. So then they'll come back and say, you know, okay, we'll make you an offer of 75, thinking you want 80. And then you're like, wait, no, that's not right. Mm -hmm. So you want to kind of bring it up more. You want to give a premium so that if you're asking for 125, and they end up giving you to you know like one ten or so. That's kind of okay. That's a little bit more than you wanted. So you want that extra cushion to negotiate. And that's just kind of a little side, you know, sidebar. Mike, um, Mike Conley actually had a great point. He thinks that there will be an increase in non-compete rules now with with uh, this new law. Wait, let me just digest that for a second. So, so as a reaction. Whoa, mind blown. So wait, 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 wait. So as a reaction, knowing, like you said, Christine, that it might inspire more people to join the great resignation, they'll try to lock up people in their contracts that they can't go to a competitor and, and just force them to stay. Is that, is that yeah. it? Didn't we see that with that healthcare um, company? I don't know if it was a hospital where everyone left for the other company and then a judge ruled that, that they couldn't be employed by that new place because of like a 
a non-compete that wasn't even in place in the first place. Wow. Mike, man, that's like serious thinking there. That's scary. I, I didn't even, it's, it's an interesting, once you kind of delve into it, it's like peeling back an onion. There's just so many layers. Right. You have to think about that. I didn't, that never even occurred to me. Wow. Unforeseen repercussions. Yeah, right? Right? Well, now I'm scared because the number two thing I was going to talk about today, I was really, I'm really happy and positive about it. <laughs> but, but I hope, I hope we don't find, okay, let's see if there's, Hopefully there are no unintended consequences of what's next. So I'm not sure if you've seen this, but in the Financial Times, uh, Dr. Uh, Anthony Fauci basically said, we're past, what was the exact terms, Mike, Chris? Like we're past the worst part of the pandemic or it was, it was more of a- It was like full-blown pandemic. Yes, yeah, so we're, we're, we're past the full-blown pandemic. And then, and then I've noticed New York, New Jersey, Rhode Island, Illinois, California, and a whole bunch of other states started saying, hey, we're gonna, uh, you don't have to wear masks as much anymore and don't worry about it. And then in Europe, Sweden, Denmark, England, England's in Europe, right? Yeah, England, um, and a whole bunch of other countries, same thing. So it seems, it seems that maybe we're close to the end of this. Now, maybe it's politics where they're saying, hey, you know, people are getting irritated with the mass, let's get on. But I don't know. I mean, Christine, Mike, what do you say when you see, what was it? It's like <clears throat> New York, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Illinois, Connecticut, California, New Jersey. You have Denmark, Norway, Sweden, England, and a bunch of others. And all within like the last couple of weeks. I mean, is that a sign that they're kind of telling us, they're signaling where we're at the end? What do you think? I think so, because it was also a couple of weeks ago, um, it was like announced that we've kind of like peaked. So it's only down from here, but down in a good way mm -hmm. where, um, yeah, I think, I think we're close to the end of it. I know a lot of European countries, like my dad lives in Cyprus, and they're just, we're going to treat it as the flu and we're going to go on with our lives. So they stopped with like vaccine mandates and mask mandates. Yeah. And now it's just up to everyone to live their life and just protect, still continue to protect yourself. But now there's just yeah. no laws around it. Yeah. I, I did see something a little disconcerting that um, it was, uh, I think it was a Fox News, like a Google uh, clickbait today. Blue yeah. states are, are eliminating the masks because of the falling numbers versus uh, the red states are following the science where, you know, there was the report that came out that said that um, self-isolation didn't really do any good. So even this, the, at least our country is trying to turn it into a political, uh, you know, game and argument, which is uh, troubling to me. But you I know, think, all in all, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead, Mike, I'm sorry. I, I just think all in all, though, uh, it's a good thing to do. The numbers clearly, at least in New York, when the governor read everything going down, everything was down, 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 down. So why, uh, why could you, could you keep the mask mandates? You know, and if another variant appears out of the blue, we've had practice. We'll be able to react. You know, that's that's my point. The, the, the yeah. more we learn and get used to this, the more we can manage it, live with it. I feel. Yeah, and I, it just seems that mysteriously, all these states. And all these other countries are saying, "Hey, let's let's pull back these restrictions." 
So it can't, it can't be coincidence, you know, that they're all doing it. So it, it must be that they're kind of signaling to the public, okay, we're almost there. And, and let me go back. We probably all seen when Gavin Newsom was at, um, I can't remember whatever sporting event it was with Magic Johnson, he wasn't wearing a mask. The mayor of LA was at somewhere and he wasn't wearing a mask, but it was okay. Cause he said he wasn't breathing. He wasn't wearing a mask. I'm not making that up. That's what he was saying. Stacey Abrams yeah, in Georgia that. was sitting in front of a whole bunch of kindergartners. They all had masks, she didn't. And I'm not chastising by doing, by saying that. But what I am saying is maybe, maybe there's more to it. Maybe they're doing it to socialize us with like, okay, we're kind of ready. So it wasn't an oops. It wasn't a, oh, you got me, that the media would make it out to be like, ah, see, you're a hypocrite. We got you. Maybe it's not. Maybe they're pretty smart. Maybe what they were doing is showing we're kind of going there. So by the time they do say, all right, we're out of this, you know, they've already telegraphed it. Now, here's the thing. Here's a big question. Let's think positively. When do you think will be the time, let's just say the month, that it's, we're going to get the all clear. And when I say all clear, I want to be sensitive to people who have COVID, who've lost people for COVID. So, so I don't want to make light of it, but where it feels that we turn the corner and we could start going, treating it like, as Mike said, kind of an endemic as opposed to a pandemic and go back for our lives. Do, do you have a sense of, not a date, because that's too hard, but like a month that you think we might be there? I think definitely by summertime and the summertime will be a true test because that's when a lot of people congregate with summertime activities. So I think we can get through the summer like without the numbers going up, then uh, by fall, hopefully we'll be uh, in the clear. <laughs> but yeah, I think because uh, it was around springtime, maybe May of last year where um, they started easing restrictions. So I think they'll definitely try to do that because they want the local governments are going to want people to like go to the beach and and partake in outdoor activities that can lend to like the local economy. Uh, I, I agree. I th I think the only the only caveat might be that you know again there there may be uh, every time the virus is passed from one um, you know living thing to another, it always mutates. So there's always that thing that may come about again. But hopefully we'll be able to treat it and get in front of it. Um, and then uh, as far as the whole globe, once the whole world, the however many billion people get vaccinated, I think that would be the assured thing that'll put it, you know, like now smallpox isn't even an afterthought in our vocabulary. Yet at one point it was one of the world's worst, uh, uh, you know, concerns. So I think even closer, I, I think they'll, they'll, it'll, I think it's already almost becoming an endemic, you know, I'm not sure the exact definition, so I'll venture to say, you know, Christine said the summer, I'll say maybe late spring. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking April because March, especially in the Northeast and the Northwest, it's still cold and people get colds and all that. So I, maybe March isn't, it's too soon. I would say, okay, I would say maybe April or maybe April where they start kind of say, okay, here's what we're going to do. And how cool would this be? All right, check this out. How cool would it be if July 4th, that was it? Like we make it known, July 4th, we're done. Now, when I say we're done, people are still gonna have it. It's, it's, it's not, you know, complete party time, but enough where we could say, you know what? We can kind of move on with our new lives. And what, what a great day, July 4th. What, what, do you, what do you two think? I definitely think so. And then 
I just wonder what this will mean for like return to office plans. I, I now was with this, say with this news coming out, it's like a double-edged sword. You're like, yeah, I think we're out of it. Crap, do I have to return to the office? <laughs> so, so then it's like, will this further lead to the great resignation? Oh my God. How crazy is that? Like every time, like, all right, good news. And then there's like, well, but this, what about this? You're right. So yeah. that, oh my God. So yeah, it could be that now, you know how like, Goldman Sachs and JP Morgan all like get back to your office. Now they could say, well, all right, we got the all clear. You have no excuses. Mm -hmm. So that can, oh boy. And that also could tie in because we wrote a lot about this for Forbes where, you know, Google and Facebook and, and all these other, and Amazon, while remote work was, was a thing, they were buying and, and leasing out big chunks of real estate. So, huh, yeah. huh. Yeah. And you, you've certainly got like, it, for instance, in New York City, our mayor had a good point. He's like, we want people back in the office because, you know, again, again you all know what, what business that draws people buying breakfast, lunch, going out after work, uh, you know, visitors coming in, business visitors staying in hotels and things like that. So I think the, the, the cities and the municipalities are going to be on a big push for bring everybody back anti-remote. You know, you're probably right, because Mike, you live in New York City, and, I'm, and, and you were saying there are times it was kind of scary because there weren't a lot of people around. The people who were around were, you know, maybe um, they weren't there to help carry your bags. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, they, you know, so, so yeah, they may push because this is why I kind of was thinking too, where it, Goldman and JP Morgan and some of the banks were, you know, you could tell they were trying to kind of characterize them as mean for telling you to go back. But I wonder if the politicians were in their ear saying, hey, guys and women, if you make everybody, if you let everyone stay home and the streets are deserted and you have drug use out in the open and you have crime and violence, no one's ever going to come back. And it's, it's like Mike, as you were saying, the whole ecosystem of small little restaurants and bars and nail salons, just they'll vanish. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you have to kind of nudge them to go mm -hmm. at least a certain amount to keep it alive. Otherwise... New York City, Philadelphia, Chicago, LA, San Fran, they'll be like ghost towns. Yeah. Yeah. So, damn it. We keep having something positive, but then it goes to like something. <laughs> I tend <laughs> to have that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> but I, so, I guess it's still net positive, right? I think all these net positive, but, you know, and, and I guess what we try to do is kind of manage expectations. So, so it's good, Christine, Mike, you know, you bring it up because this way, okay, it's positive. But then we also have to be prepared. Here's some other outcomes. So at least you can kind of keep your eyes open. Mm. All right, cool. So any, anything else we could cut could add or what do you what do you, what yeah, do you think? Yeah, and I think another positive thing would be let's say if you think your company might make you return to the office and you don't want to, now could be a good time to start looking. If things look more positive, then maybe companies will be more likely to hire. So it, it still could be a good thing. I think. You know what? That's great advice because with all this, sometimes with what they say, like with uncertainty comes opportunity. Mm -hmm. So with, you know, this uncertainty, but hopefully positive uncertainty with the, the new job, you know, having to have the salary disclosure and hopefully we're going to be getting out of this whole pandemic. So maybe, yeah, dip your toe in the water, see what's going on, you know, check it out, see what's happening. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. So, so go into the weekend. We'll, we'll, we'll focus on the <clears> positive. <throat> Jobs, you know, when you have a job description, now you'll know. So you don't waste six months of your life for nothing, what the range is. And then 
with all these states, with all these different countries all pulling back on their mandates, it looks like we're closer than ever before. Yeah, we all know things could happen, but let's be positive going through the weekend. So, so we'll leave you with those two pieces of good news, positivity, and then Chris, Mike, myself, we'll see you on Monday. Thank you. Have a great okay. weekend, everyone. Same to you. Bye-bye.